Hi, what's up? Welcome to the podcast. The Lisa Page Made Me Do It podcast. Miles is in the background. He is snoring. It is Wednesday, June 17th. I wasn't even going to do a podcast this week just because there's been so much going on and I really haven't had a chance to sit down, but I'm forcing myself to sit down. I dropped my kids off at camp just a little while ago. I have a couple hours to kill before I hit F45, which by the way, has been the best. And I wanted to just catch you up to date. I wanted to also reintroduce myself to a lot of you who are first time, uh, first time listeners. Again, Lisa Page here. I've been a broadcaster for over 20 years. I recently, about three weeks ago, got laid off because of COVID. And I said, I think in my last podcast that if you do not believe karma exists, let me be the one to prove to you that it sure does. Because at the beginning of March, I was putting peanut butter on my English muffins, getting the kids ready for school. And I remember being on Instagram, just laughing off this COVID thing, thinking it was just ridiculous. People were over-exaggerating it. Why are we in this panic mode? Yeah. Well, guess who got laid off because of COVID? Your girl right here. Yes, I've never been fired. I've never been let go from a job in my entire career. And this just happened. So now I'm one of the, what, 41 million people that have had to like file for unemployment, all of it. It's fine. I'm not bitter about it. I know I wasn't laid off because of bad ratings or a bad on-air performance. It legitimately was because of COVID. It says it in my release papers, whatever. I'm not crying over it. Just gives me more time to do my podcast. But if you're new to me, thank you for checking out this podcast. Well, I would say most of my podcasts are pretty uplifting. They're upbeat. Um, This is just an extension of my radio show, if you will. I love having this podcast because I have time to kind of elaborate on the stuff that I share with you on air or stuff that you see on Instagram. It just gives me an opportunity to give you all the details, not just some of them. What else do you need to know? My husband, Stu, he is on the Glenn Beck program. He also has a TV show that airs weekly or weeknights, weekly, weeknights, on The Blaze and on YouTube. And I'm telling you right now, and this is a little biased, but I will tell you, he has one of the only shows that will tell you what is going on, what the mainstream media is not telling you. Don't worry, he will. Also done with lots of sarcasm. So check out Stu Does America, weeknights on The Blaze and on YouTube, totally free. He has a whole merchandise line. He's a lot more important than I am, but you should watch his show. It's very good. Okay, moving on. Let me update you on Ainsley. She is my daughter. She's seven and a half going on 17. On Thursday of last week, I noticed her knee was looking a little rough. And I mean, I obviously knew something had bit her. It was not a mosquito bite. It had to have been some type of insect, some evil spider. I don't know. But after Zach's second baseball game, he had a double header she was complaining to me that she couldn't really walk on her knee. I looked at it. It was swollen. It looked really not great. So we came home and, uh, I gave her some anti-itch cream, Neosporin, some Tylenol, thought everything would go away. Friday morning wakes up. Her knee is a disaster. It's so disgusting and gross. I can't even get the image out of my head. It was nasty. Everything you could imagine of what an infection, a staph infection would look like That's what it looked like. So she didn't go to camp, obviously, on Friday morning. And I called her pediatrician. And for some ungodly reason, her her doctor couldn't get her in until 3 o'clock. I wasn't expecting VIP treatment, but good Lord, we're patients at this practice and you can't see my kid until 3 p.m.? No. So the next option was urgent care. It was the worst experience 
Now I know how Stu felt when Zach was three and Zach had to get stitches on his eyebrow for falling. Stu was with him at that time and I was home with Ainsley at that time. And I remember Stu coming home saying it was the most awful experience of his life. Because as a parent, when you see your kid in pain and they are screaming because the pain is that excruciating, you want to do whatever you can. You wish you could trade places with them. It's the worst feeling ever. And that's what I experienced last Friday morning with Ainsley when I took her to urgent care. It was the worst. They had to numb her knee, which didn't do anything, if I'm being honest. They numbed her knee with a needle, so that was horrible because she saw the needle. Then they had to clean the infection. And not to be too TMI and gross you out, but it was like bubbling. I know that sounds nasty, but I have to just give you the full description. It was it was gross. So I knew that they were going to have to like pop it and get all the pus out. This is disgusting. I'm sorry. But I want to give you the full scale of how horrible this experience was for both of us. And she was screaming and I'm trying to hold her down. And I'm like, it's okay. You're so brave. You're so in my head. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is the worst. I can't imagine. So turns out it isn't a staph infection. So they had to, you know, uh, medicate it. We had to wrap her knee up, all the things. And so after she calmed down, of course, I'm like, I'll take you to Target. What do you want? I'll buy you anything you want. What do you want? You're so brave. You're so brave. So we go to Target and get her a toy that I, she doesn't even care about right now. She wanted it at the time. And I had to, I had to do something to help her like kind of forget what just happened. <laughs> so Saturday morning comes and I'm looking at her knee and my mom, the mama instinct in me is like, yeah, no, this doesn't look right. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure we can go a full weekend because the urgent care doctor had said, come back on Monday. I want to see. I want to see your knee on Monday. So I took her to Cook's Children's, our local urgent care right up the street, which we've been to many times, especially with Zach, and immediately saw the doctor. And the doctor looked at her knee and said, oh, yeah, no, you need to go see the wound specialists at Cook's Children's Hospital in Fort Worth right now, today. I'm like, what? what right this second? She's like, yep. I don't have the tools. This doesn't look good to me. I, I don't know if they're going to need to open this up more and really clean it out, but it's a staph infection and you don't want to play with staph infections because if the infection gets into her bloodstream, it can affect her joints and her bones. It could spread to her hips. All this shit I didn't want to hear. It was scaring me. And at that point too, Ainsley had already been poked and prodded enough and she was so scared for the doctor to even take the bandage off her knee. She was like high anxiety, very upset, very stressed about it. We did not play. I (laughs) threw Ainsley in the car. We went home, picked up Stu and Zach and thank God for one of my best friends, Brittany. She was home with her kids and we dropped Zach off with Britt and her boys. So we go to the hospital with Ainsley and admit her into the ER. And nowadays too, when you go to the hospital, obviously everybody's masked up. So we had the masks on and they're only allowing parents, no siblings in the rooms. We got her to Cook's Children's and then it's just a waiting game. You know, we were there from probably 5 p.m., got out of there around 10. They had to do an ultrasound of her knee, which was, again, annoying because they had to press down on the wound and she was very upset over that. I can't blame the kid. We were just trying to do everything we could to calm her. And of course, at a children's hospital, that's what they do. These nurses were phenomenal with calming her down. What I love too is the staff was so young. They were so young and hip. And I honestly felt like the old one. I felt like they were all in their late 20s, early 30s. All her doctors, all of the physician's assistants, the techs. So nice. Can't say enough about Cook's Children's. That was the first time we've ever had to go to the ER at the actual hospital. Normally, my local hospital is Baylor. That's where I volunteered in the NICU a couple years ago. But since my kids already go to a Cook's, you know, children's doctor, like it's in network, obviously, no brainer going to Cook's Children's. But anyway, 
Long story short, after blood work and IVs and all that fun stuff, the results came back that the infection didn't spread. It looked contained. We just have to keep a close eye on it. Uh, If her knee becomes swollen or if she has a fever, we have to bring her right back to the ER. But thankfully, God has watched over Ainsley since the very beginning, and we've been good. She hasn't been able to get her knee wet. She's been so great about, you know, being very conscious about not getting it wet as far as even like the sprinklers go, splash pads, because they've been at camp all week. Uh, In a couple of days a week, they go swimming. She's been okay with, you know, sitting and out and coloring with the counselors. It's been fine. So her infection looks pretty good. I think what's freaking her out now is that there's a little bit, again, TMI, skin is peeling around the infected area. That's kind of scaring her a little bit, but I have reassured her a million times that this is just the way her body's healing. And, you know, it's good. The actual infection itself, where she got bit, has kind of closed up and it looks better. I think that maybe by next week, she'll probably be able to get back into at least a bathtub. I wanted to come on here and thank every single one of you for thinking of her and praying for her. The hospital pics that I posted on Sunday were the most liked I've ever had on Instagram. So thank you so much. And I'm still sifting through my inbox and trying to get back to every single one of you from over the weekend. But I feel like Instagram, like the messages don't load fast enough. And it's taking me forever to get to like the very beginning of, you know, last Friday, Saturday to read your messages, but I'm getting there. I promise. Just thankful that she's okay. It's so scary when your kid goes through something like that. Uh, we've gone through this a couple of times with Zach, not with staph infections, but you know, he's a boy. He's fallen a bunch of times. He had to get stitches. He slid his eyelid when he was too scary, scary, but all good. All good here. What else? As far as the job situation goes with me, I'm very thankful because I'm not under a non-compete per se. Now that I am free of my duties of hosting Pop Crush Nights, I can now pursue the podcasting opportunities. I do feel like, you know, as sad as it is, terrestrial radio, I think that the days are numbered for my friends that are on real radio, real radio stations. And that was another thing with hosting Pop Crush Nights and why I'm not sad about getting let go because a lot of you are like, wow, you're so chipper about someone, you know, for someone who just lost a job and it was a solid job. It was a great job. You you don't seem upset. I'm not upset about it because one, I know that it was truly financially like internal issues with my company and they just couldn't afford me as vain as that sounds. But honestly, I know they were trying to cut salaries. I get it. This is what happens. But also I, and I said this last week, I haven't been on local radio since I moved to Dallas, which was eight years ago. I started at uh, 106.1 Kiss FM. My friend Billy, the kid had reached out before we moved from Pennsylvania and said, Hey, I got some like weekend stuff. Do you want to do it? I'm like, absolutely. So as far as, you know, being on local radio with Pop Crush Nights did not have that opportunity. There was not a chance for my show to be picked up here in Dallas. So when I got let go, it really wasn't a big deal because I unfortunately made no connections locally with the people of Dallas. I would have loved to be on in Dallas. Like none of my friends here, none of my local friends, I don't even think have listened to Pop Crush Nights. I don't even think half of them listen to this podcast. Let's be honest about it. I really just don't. And that's fine. But none of my friends here, my circle, I don't think know what I sound like on the radio. And that's something that I've always wanted. I've just wanted to be able to like shout them out on the air and bring them to cool concerts and be doing live remotes like I used to do in New York and in Philadelphia. And that never happened because my show is national. And yes, it was recorded and produced here in Dallas, but I was never on in my Dallas market. I don't want to sound greedy or anything, but... (laughs) Truth be told, I would love to be on 
in Dallas. Who knows? Maybe it'll happen. While we're on the subject of radio, I have to give back a lot of this equipment that my former employer gave to me initially. But I'm not mad about that either because this just means I get to upgrade everything, all of my equipment, all of my editing tools, a new desk, just, you know, redo the whole space. So I'm not upset that I have to give a lot of this back. The cool thing about this kind of reno of my studio is basically like I now can finally choose my personal workspace, like the desk. What I'm on now, this workstation that the company had brought me, it's so small. I have no room to do anything. I have no room to spread out. I have no room to put my shit. I have no room for drinks, glasses, planners, like none of the stuff. I can't really even fit my laptop on this desk. There's no room. It's so claustrophobic where I sit. My biggest and most exciting purchase of this new studio is going to be this huge desk. As a matter of fact, I just placed the order. Who knows when it's going to come? Probably in the next couple of weeks. All I know is that I'm going to have to holler at handyman Kyle to come because he's going to have a lot of stuff to assemble. And Stu ain't down with that. I can't wait because this is going to be a huge workspace upgrade for me. No, seriously, it's going to be so nice. This is all the exciting things happening in my life. Also, what's really exciting is that my kids have been in this amazing camp for the last two weeks and they're going next week. And it's 9.30 to 4.30, optional drop-off early at 8.30, optional pickup at 5.30, and they love it. I don't know what mom is still out there contemplating putting their kids in camp because they're still scared of COVID. I can't relate. I was home with my kids for over three straight months to see them out with their friends, socializing and doing things without me is glorious. It's a beautiful thing. So they have this camp again next week. And then they're doing a Roblox camp, which they're excited about, but it's only three hours. And I'm not a fan of three hour camps, but this was something they really wanted to do. And honestly, it's a lot more expensive than these week long camps that are all day. So that was annoying, but what are we going to do? It's the summer. We still have two months left before school starts. Not sure where you're living, but we are all set knock on wood. We are all on schedule to go back to school like normal times. There's no way the kids are wearing masks. They've told us that. I would not send my kids to school if they had to wear a mask. Any school that's requiring children to wear masks, probably a bad sign. That would mean COVID is back and worse than ever. But honestly, nothing would surprise me at this point. I have seen some true colors in people that I thought were my friends, people that were just acquaintances, people that I used to like to follow. They have all been exposed. And that's why I'm in this season now of just wiping my hands clean of people who are stressing me the hell out or making me mad. I'm finito and it's really sad. I wasn't planning on telling this story, but since we're here, why not? I've had to basically end an over 18 year friendship because of politics. This person is the only one I know who would not stop questioning me, making assumptions, lecturing me, I'm disappointed in you, or I'm so proud of you. Because remember when Ava, my transgendered friend, came on a few weeks ago? I got a, I'm so proud of you. Or how about when I posted the whole thing about George Floyd? Awful what happened to him. Awful. We all agree. This is a universal, unified opinion the whole world has of the way George Floyd died. He shouldn't have died. So I posted on Instagram at one point, I don't know, like a tribute. I got a message, a follow-up. I'm so proud of you. You're so proud of me for what? 
You're proud of me because I'm empathetic because I feel bad that a black man died at the hands of a white cop? Wow. This person really legitimately thinks I'm a racist. I don't even think it's crossed their mind that I have black friends. Oh my gosh. I have gay friends. I have transgendered friends. I have gay friends right now who are about to have a baby. They're in the hospital as we speak. OMG, I'm floored. I can't believe that. Lisa, who's my conservative Christian white suburban mom has friends that live totally different lifestyles than her. Maybe I'm the only one, but I've had to take a step back and reassess friendships. Yeah, it really sucks. But what I have discovered within myself over the last three and four months is that I am the only one that can control how I react in these situations within friendships and work relationships, just on social media in general. And that's why, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been a lot more vocal and loud on social media in regards to what exactly is happening in our world, aka cancel culture. You know what I got to say about that? Cancel culture needs to be canceled. This is ridiculous and totally maddening. We're seeing a huge shift change. I would love to say it's for the better, but part of me says it's not really, not right now at least. Go open up the book of Revelations. John nailed it. All evil will be revealed. And that is what's happening. It's unfolding in front of our eyes. So if you're going to choose to sit here and believe what the extreme left is telling you, go right ahead. Go find yourself a little patch of grass over there in the nation of Chad and settle in. Doesn't it feel like we are living in this awful reality show? And can we stop apologizing? Oh my gosh, I could not even get through this new podcast that I was actually kind of excited to listen to. After about the 19th apology from this girl, I had to turn it off. Okay, and why are you sorry again? From freaking Lady Antebellum dropping Antebellum, now they're Lady A, to pulling shows like Law and Order and Cops off the air. Legos are taking police and firefighters and even buildings out of their collections. What the hell did firefighters even do? You're messing with Paw Patrol. And then I read today that they're changing the picture, the Aunt Jemima picture. Come on. Wake up, America. Look around you. See what they're trying to do. This is more than just a Black Lives Matter movement. Talking about defunding the police, police reform. Can you imagine a world without police? By the way, I'm pretty excited about my latest purchase that I found on an Etsy shop, a really good one called Defend the Police. Oh, you better believe that I'm going out of my way. I'm making sure my kids know to go out of their way to thank a police officer when we see them. They're the number one enemy right now. And for what? Because there were a few bad cops out there who have been dealt with and moving forward now more than ever, the corrupt cops will be called out and fired or dealt with. But come on, the majority of cops are here to protect and serve us. Stop turning your backs on them. It's disgusting to see so many people that I thought I knew and that at one point enjoyed following virtue signal. And now all of a sudden they don't like the cops. I'm tired of it all. I'm already exhausted from watching and reading people apologize. Apparently now we're erasing history. Everything has to be politically correct. You can't say one thing without hurting someone's feelings. Really? Grow a pair. Let me just continue to eye roll. You better check yourself if you're starting to fall into these ridiculous patterns. Unrelated, but kind of sort of. My girl Jera teaches at the Texas Gun Experience here in Grapevine, Texas, and she is hosting a bunch of different women's only gun classes, CHL classes, 
how to carry tactics training, how to hold your gun. So if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, reach out to me. Her info will be in the show notes too. But you know, gun sales and ammo sales have spiked in the last three months. The FBI has done more than 3 million background checks for guns sold in May alone. So for the first half of this year, 15 million guns have already been sold nationwide. That's more than the entire year of 2010. So what does that tell you? Scary times. People want to protect themselves. They want to protect their families. I'm not going to be a sitting duck. I will be that mom who carries. I'll be packing in my Louie. It's a good thing my bags are all big. All right, before we wrap up the show, let me get into my song of the week. This will come to you as no surprise, especially if you are on TikTok. This is St. John in Roses. Roses. 